Welcome to the Fraudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud that impact people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC, and thanks for joining us for the first episode of our fifth season. We're going to start 2024 by looking back at 2023, specifically at the number of publicly reported data breaches that the ITRC tracked last year. Put on your chin guard now, because you don't want to injure your jaw when it hits the ground as we review the numbers and the dynamics behind them. So let's start with how many data breaches were there in 2023. So our previous all-time high was set back in 2021, and that was 1,860. In 2022, we actually went down a little bit. We had 1,801 data breaches in that calendar year. But in 2023, we blew the doors off the number of data breaches. The percentage increase from 2021 to 2023 is 72%. The year-over-year increase is 78% in terms of more data breaches in 2023. It took 15 years for all of the states to pass data breach law, so until 2018. It took 11 years for breaches to reach a total of 1,000-plus in a single year. So that happened in 2016. What we've now seen is within a single year, we blew through 2,000 and blew through 3,000 to now where we reached 3,205 data breaches in a single year. If there is a silver lining in any of this, and this is really reaching to find a silver lining, is the number of victims are actually down, particularly if you look at it over time. The number of estimated victims dropped 16% from 2022 to 2023. So that's a good number in terms of reduction. It's still very high, though. 353 million individuals are estimated to have received at least one data breaches. Now, we know there aren't 353 million people in the United States, um, but so that does uh, include some uh, duplication. They receive more than one data breach notice. But it's hard to pinpoint actually how many individuals receive a data breach notice because there's no central reporting in the United States. If you look over time, though, it is a better picture. Because if you go back to 2018, which was the all-time high for the number of victims, we're actually down 84% in terms of people impacted since 2018. Now, people always ask, why is that? And it's because... The bad guys have gotten much, much better at targeting what information they want and from whom and where they can get it. So they don't have to attack every organization in the world and hoover up every piece of information they can find in order to find those tidbits of information that they want and need to be able to turn around and make money off of it. Most commonly today, They're looking for information they can use to impersonate an individual, not necessarily just take their money. When we look at what was actually involved in a data breach, what we find is most breaches involved what we refer to as sensitive PII, so personally identifiable information. So sensitive personally identifiable information compared to non-sensitive records, you had in 2023, 76% of the data breach notices 
refer to some type of sensitive information. Might be a social security number, might be some sort of financial account, might be a driver's license number, but there would be some sensitive information in there. Um, now, that is actually a decrease from 2022. So we had 76% of notices had uh, sensitive information compromised in 2023. In 2022, it was 86% had sensitive information compromised. But don't get too excited about that drop. The reason it is that occurred is because we actually had fewer companies report what kind of information was compromised. So in 2022, only 10% of companies uh, didn't know what information was compromised in 2022 three, that number jumped to 20%. So those, those numbers of uh, uh, fewer uh, data breach notices, including sensitive information in 2023, is actually offset by the fact that more organizations just didn't list what information was actually compromised. We do know that 11% of the breaches in 2023 involved a publicly traded company. And that's about... Uh, it's about 9%, almost 10% uh, of all publicly traded companies issued a data breach notice in 2023. So in terms of numbers, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively small number compared to the 3,205 companies issuing data breach notices. There are only 358 uh, involving a public company. But those 358 compromises represent 40% of all victims. So that's two. That's 143 million victims that were impacted by a breach at a publicly traded company. Let's look at the uh, industries, which were the top industries, uh, both by uh, top breaches, that is, both by industry and by victim count. So the top five industries impacted in 2023. Uh, no change at the very top. It was healthcare. For the sixth year in a row, healthcare has been the single most targeted uh, sector within uh, all of business when it comes to uh, identity criminals wanting that information. Financial services came in second, professional services third, manufacturing uh, fourth, and education fifth. Education continues to be a big target as well. Financial services is always a target. Why do, why do people rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Why do identity criminals attack financial services? Because that's where money and information resides in large amounts. So they're always uh, within the crosshairs um, of identity criminals. I want to say uh, also that there were big jumps in a couple of sectors, in particularly uh, transportation. That's kind of an indication that the bad guys are probing, looking to see if there are systems or there's information that they can uh, gain access to. Uh, there were uh, about three times the number of attacks in transportation than we'd seen historically. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one going forward to see if that becomes a, a trend. So the largest data breaches in 2023 occurred at uh, T-Mobile. You know, it was 37 million uh, victims, followed by uh, 35, almost 36 million at Xfinity. Uh, People Connect, which was a, a, a data broker, uh, 20 million. Navi Nation Star Mortgage, 14, almost 15 million. And a research uh, company uh, impacted by a supply chain attack uh, at Move It Transfer, was almost 12 million uh, individuals impacted by that.
when we look at why data breaches occurred in 2023, uh, pretty, pretty uh, straightforward. Cyber attacks, once again, the single uh, biggest reason why data breaches occur, followed by system and human errors, uh, physical attacks, and th that brings up the rear. So order of magnitude, think of it this way. There were 2,365 data breaches caused by a cyber attack, and that represents 343 million of the 353 million uh, uh, victims. System and human errors, though, way behind an order of magnitude, only 729. And a lot of those were just simply because somebody attached a file to an email that went to people that should not have received the file that contained publicly uh, uh, or personal information. Sorry about that. Um, and then physical attacks bring up the rear 53. Uh, System and human errors and physical attacks are tend to be rather static. We've sort of hit a number where we were in that neighborhood every year. We did see a big jump in that correspondence-related data breach in the system and human errors where somebody attached a file that they shouldn't have. We did see a big spike in that, but it's still, uh, compared to cyber attacks, it's, it's very low numbers. Now, once we get within cyber attacks. Let's drill down into that a little bit because this is a very important point. And that is more notices excluded attack details than included them. So we don't actually know what caused the data breach other than it was a cyber attack uh, for most of the data breaches around, uh, around a cyber attack. O among the ones we do know, we know that phishing was the primary cause. Uh, followed by ransomware and then malware. Uh, we also had one uh, category that we haven't seen uh, spike in a long time, uh, and that was zero-day attacks. So let's back up for just a second. So phishing attacks are, are, were down slightly. Uh, we had 467 in, in uh, 2022. We had 438 in 2023. Uh, same thing, slight reduction in ransomware from 22 to 23 malware, which is what we probably traditionally think of as a, as a cyber attack you know, involves some sort of virus or some other kind of malicious software being introduced into a system. So malware actually went up. We had 73 attacks in 22, 118 in 23. But here's where the big jump was. It's something called a zero-day attack, which is basically where there is an unknown, unpatched flaw in a piece of software. And in most years, we see you know uh, so few zero-day attacks that lead to a data breach that you can count them on one hand and have fingers left over. Not last year. We went from uh, very low numbers, single-digit numbers in 2020, 2021, 2022. But in 2023, we jumped up to 110 zero-day attacks. That's a big number. And those are very difficult attacks traditionally uh, to execute. So we need to keep an eye on the zero-day issue because that indicates that perhaps the bad guys have found ways to discover more software flaws than they have historically. And that could... Um, uh, lead to many more data breaches. But again, the real story here is there were 1,380 data breach notices that did not have details around the attack itself. Now that's after years 
of having that information. We're going to talk about that more in just a second, but here's the bottom line. Fewer details equals greater risk because it's those details that tell businesses how they can prevent a similar attack against them. And individuals have a better idea about how to protect themselves if they receive a data breach notice, if that information about how the attack occurred is included. A couple of trends that we're highlighting in this report. One is supply chain attacks. They are up 2,600% since 2018. So quickly review, a supply chain attack is where uh, an identity criminal will not attack a large organization. Instead, they will go to a small vendor or smaller vendor. They may not be small, but they're a vendor. And they have the information of multiple companies. So it's easier for that identity criminal to attack that vendor and get the information of multiple companies than to go to each of those companies one at a time and attack them. That's a supply chain attack, and they're up. 2,600% since 2018. There were 101 supply chain attacks reported in 2018. In 2023, that number was 2,769 companies that were impacted by it. I'm sorry, I misspoke for just a second. There were 82 attacks in 2018. There were 242 attacks in 2023. But the number of organizations impacted by that was 101 in 2018, 2,769 in 2023. That is a huge jump. And those um, uh, companies impacted in 2023 represent 15% of the total breach victims. So this is a significant, significant trend. These tend to get buried in the numbers around uh, around cyber attacks because they are all largely cyber attacks. So they fall into one of these other categories. But if you look at them as the method of how that attack is actually carried out, you find out that they are indeed supply chain. So we're seeing more identity criminals attack smaller organizations to get the information of multiple organizations, which tend to be larger. And that is a significant trend that is impacting individuals and businesses alike. One of the largest supply chain attacks last year, in fact, it was the largest supply chain attack we've ever seen, was against a company called Move It. It impacted uh, some companies directly, meaning that they were attacked because they were using this piece of software from a company called Move It. But those organizations that were directly impacted, there were 102 of them, so 102 organizations directly attacked impacted 1,271 other organizations. So when it comes down to it, you had 1,373 organizations impacted because they were uh, using or they were uh, used a vendor who used this MoveIt software and service, and that impacted 72 million individuals that we know of. 25 of those uh, organizations, those 102 reported that they were impacted by multiple vendors. So it wasn't just a single vendor. They had multiple vendors who uh, were using that software and that impacted them. 13 of the uh, organizations reported that they were breached by a vendor of a vendor. So it wasn't even their vendor directly. It was their, it was their vendor's vendor who was uh, compromised as a result of this move it attack. And then they in turn were compromised. One of the the things 
to sort of illustrate what we're talking about that was at risk, because this particular piece of software is widely used, and it's it's used to transfer large files uh, in a secure fashion, and the entire driver's license database of the state of Louisiana and the state of Oregon were compromised in this attack. So some vendor to those states used MoveIt to manage their driver's license databases, and all of that information was stolen. And in fact, is beginning to show up in various forms of cyber attacks now that involve impersonation. The other trend, which has kind of become uh, even more apparent, we've seen it for a while, but it become more apparent this year because of supply chain attacks. And this trend is our data breach laws are increasingly ineffective. Now, the way we can illustrate that is the notices that are issued every year and the information that they contain. So if we were having this conversation back in 2018, 2019, even 2020, 100% of data breach notices included information about the attack and the, um, and the number of uh, victims. Today, in 2023, we only saw 54% of data breach notices having actionable information. And if you zero in to only look at data breach notices related to cyber attacks, that number is even lower. So it's below 50%. More breach notices do not include actionable information than those that do when it comes to a cyber attack. So that is a significant problem when it comes to helping organizations and individuals to protect themselves. And that's something that we believe at the ITRC that we need to address to make sure we're taking care of victims. One of the reasons we know this is because of an organization that was breached in 2020 in a supply chain attack. There was also a ransomware attack. And that was a, a large or an organization called Blackbaud that supported a large number of organizations um, as their IT provider. And uh, they were sued, Blackbaud was sued by uh, state attorneys general. And that lawsuit was settled this year. And in the course of that lawsuit, some information came out. So back in 2020 and, and all the way in through 2021, the ITRC tracked 604 data breach notices related to the Blackbaud attack. And these organizations were largely nonprofits. They were healthcare. Uh, they were medical organizations. They were colleges and universities. They were charities. So uh, all of this uh, information uh, had to be uh, shared with the people who had donated to those organizations, to the charities. They were students at the at the or donors to um, uh, colleges and universities. Uh, they were patients uh, at healthcare institutions, they were they uh, should receive data breach notices because that information was compromised. But Blackbaud did not issue a data breach notice because their position was it wasn't our data. And they did issue some notices to the Securities and Exchange Commission because they're a publicly traded company, but the SEC determined that that information was insufficient. So in the course of this settlement, what we found out was there were 13,000 organizations that were impacted by 
that breach, but only 604 issued a data breach notice. So there were more than 12,000 organizations, their customers, their donors, their clients were never notified that their information had been compromised in this blackboard uh, breach. So there's another, uh, there's a never another, uh, indicator that we need to improve our state data breach laws. How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, first of all, we need to make our state laws a little more uniform. Some of these laws are approaching 20 years old. The California law, which was the first data breach law, is 20 years old. And it took from 2005 to 2018 for the rest of the states to catch up. So we're approaching a 20 years. So many of these laws need to be updated. So we need to standardize what's the definition of what is a data breach, what triggers a data breach notice, when you have to notify someone that there has been a data breach, what kind of support that person uh, or organization, because this is another case where a business can be a victim to what support is available to them. We also need to um, require uh, both collaboration and well as notice with government officials. So what that means is we need to tell someone within state government that a breach has occurred and then collaborate with government officials to the degree of what has to be shared uh, with the subjects of the information that was compromised. That's very similar to what happens in Europe. Um, but that way, when you we know through that collaboration, if people are at risk, if the determination is there's no risk because of the type of information that was compromised, then there's no reason to issue a data breach notice. But today, the organization that loses control of the information is actually the one that makes the determination. So collaboration with government officials will help uh, resolve that issue. We need to make, give uh, incentives uh, for organizations that follow the rules. Uh, and we also need to have penalties for those that do not. There's a lot of other things that uh, we have uh, thoughts on at the ITRC about how to improve this system, but that is one thing we need to do. Um, we also need to improve the uh, the due diligence uh, around vendors. Uh, a, a number of states are doing that now already. Uh, they're requiring tighter cybersecurity rules and tighter cybersecurity compliance from not only companies, but also their vendors. And in some cases, their vendors' vendors. We need to make sure that that uh, applies hopefully uniformly across the country, but we also need an alert system. And in fact, the ITRC has uh, built an alert system that is in testing right now that will tell businesses when a vendor or a vendor's vendor uh, has had a data breach in the event that they are never notified directly by the organization, because most businesses are not covered by state data breach laws. There's no legal requirement in most cases, for a business to be notified that their vendor has had a breach. So unless you've got a contract that requires it, you know, you may not notify, be notified directly. This alert system that we've built, uh, which uh, is available for a, for a reasonable fee, uh, will help uh, close that gap. 
Um, we also believe that we need to reduce the value of stolen information. So the bottom line is if we want to reduce the number of data breaches, we want to reduce the number of identity crimes, we have to reduce the value of stolen information to criminals. They only do this because they want to make money. Now, sure, there's some nation states that uh, that uh, conduct uh, identity crimes for the purposes of intel and espionage and things that nation states do to one another. But the vast majority of data breaches are are committed by identity criminals who want to make money. They want to make money by impersonating other people. So we need to reduce the value of stolen information. One of the ways is we need to accelerate the adoption of mobile driver's licenses because driver's licenses are a big source of identity crimes today. We also need to in increase the use of other tools that are that are uh, coming into the mainstream, things like facial comparison to prove that you are who you say you are. That's not the same thing as facial facial recognition. Very, very different. Uh, but it can help ensure that a person is who they claim to be when they're applying for a government benefit, when they're applying for a bank account, when they're applying for a job. All these, all these. Um, transactions where we see people committing crimes of impersonation, identity crimes of impersonation, we can all but uh, eliminate by moving to a different system of verification. Why? Because the system we use today is based on data, data that has been stolen multiple times and is widely available. So we need to have a different system that devalues that stolen information. So that is our report for 2023. It is an all-time high. There are way too many individuals who were impacted, even though we did see a reduction. And now we will wait to see what happens throughout this year if these trends continue. We'll have quarterly reports throughout the year. ITRC also publishes other reports around what are general trends in identity crimes, and the impacts of identity crimes on consumers and a separate report on small businesses. So look for those throughout the year. If you want to speak with an ITRC advisor about your identity issues, we're available on the phone. You can chat live on the web, or you can send us an email during our normal business hours. Just visit idtheftcenter.org to get started. We'll be back next week with our regular podcast, The Weekly Breach Breakdown. And until then, thanks for listening.